You are now tuned in to Poppy Chulo Radio, your web portal for the best in pop culture news and interviews. You got your happy ending. That's not what this is. It's something else. Well then. Happy beginning. This is a Poppy Chulo Radio special announcement. PoppyChuloRadio.com is currently looking to expand its web presence, and we're looking for your help. If you're a fan of Poppy Chulo Radio and its signature series, please visit GoFundMe.com slash PoppyChuloRadio and help us with our campaign. Every dollar amount donated will be improving the Poppy Chulo Radio experience and making it more interactive and user-friendly. We thank you in advance for your support. This has been a Poppy Chulo Radio special announcement. We now return you to our regularly scheduled programming. The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. Welcome to the season finale of Storybrooke Weekly Mirror, the unofficial Once Upon a Time podcast, a poppychuloradio.com and iTunes exclusive, Poppy Chulo Radio, pop culture on demand. Today is Monday, May 15th, 2017, and I'm your host, Jeffrey Aruz. During tonight's broadcast, we're going to recap, review, and dissect the latest episode of Once Upon a Time. Later on in the broadcast, get ready for a spoiler alert as we bring you the hit ABC series as casting scoops, spoilers, and ratings. Please welcome my co-hosts to our season finale broadcast, Katie. Hi guys, hope you're doing good tonight. We have lots of exciting stuff to talk about. I'm excited already. And Brittany Garcia. Hey everybody, it's the finale. Oh my god, I'm so excited. Let's do this. Let's get into it. So for the final time this season, let's jump into our recap of Season 6, Episode 22, which was titled The Final Battle, Part 2, and aired May 14th, 2017. Here's the official synopsis of the episode. Henry awakens to a cursed storybook and discovers Emma has been in the mental hospital and the Black Fairy is the new mayor. Henry attempts to help Emma regain her memory while Gold tries to find out what has really happened to Belle. Meanwhile, Snow 
Charming, Regina, Zelina, and Hook are trapped in a crumbling fairy tale land and desperately try to figure out a way to be reunited with Emma and Henry. Brum, 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 brum. All right, everybody, let's get into it. I want to get your initial reaction to the final part, part two of the two hour season finale titled The Final Battle. And uh, we'll start off with Brittany. Oh my god, why me? I'm going to start crying already. No, I'm just <laughs> No, I'm going to make this happy. As happy as I can. Okay, this half, or part two of the final battle was so good. Everything that was led up to the, to the ending of part one just all came crashing down in this episode. And it was glorious. I, I did have some expectations, of course, you know me, because we talk all every week about this show, and I feel like sometimes sometimes the fans come up with better things than the show gives us. <laughs> yeah. You know, and sometimes we're, we're stuck with that for a couple episodes until we get here, and we're just kind of like, oh, that's what happened. I have something better in mind. So I had that happen in this episode, but it doesn't take away what this episode gave us. And I think that the writers really gave the fans something amazing which is weird because i read some inner or not i didn't read some interviews but i had read some headlines about how um well like every show but for this show specifically that not everyone's gonna get what they want but i feel like everyone did i mean maybe it's just me but i was very very satisfied with this episode it was fantastic Ooh. I agree with you, uh, Brittany. I was left satisfied by the episode as well. I thought it was so suspenseful, and uh, I thought all of our favorite characters got something exciting to do, or they had like a really emotional moment. There were a lot of great um, pair-ups in the episode, and overall... I was left satisfied. I know that we were all really worried about the uh, season finale, especially after all of the announcements of the cast departing and uh, the resets and new direction and all that kind of stuff. But uh, I was left satisfied and excited to see what would happen next. What about you, Katie? I definitely agree. I think that this finale wrapped everything up so well it wrapped up the storyline that we started in the first part very well and it it just it came full circle in such a beautiful way it came full circle for the entire series in a beautiful way and i couldn't have asked for anything better from the ending um we'll get more into it later but it was so good i was just i was completely happy with this episode all right now, sounds like uh, we're going to have a great time discussing The Final Battle, Part 2. But before we get into a thorough recap of the latest episode of Once Upon a Time, here's our announcer with a few reminders on how you can interact with us. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash storybrookweeklymirror. Follow us on Tumblr, storybrookweeklymirror.tumblr.com. Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, and YouTube, at Poppy Chula Radio. 
Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Help support Poppy Chula Radio financially by visiting gofundme.com slash poppychularadio. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through iTunes. Just search for Storybrooke Weekly Mirror and subscribe. Thanks, announcer. All right, let's get into it. We will give a shout out to the opening title card, although for the second hour, it really was just, uh, you know, the normal Once Upon a Time title card without any effect on it. Um, I will say that the opening title card for the first hour probably would have made more sense at the start of the second hour. So I will give a shout out to that one as well, which featured a monorail going through the forest. So let's pick up in Storybrooke right now. We're going to save the teases until the end. Uh, We'll break that down separately. So we are in Storybrooke. It seems as if Fiona is triumphant because she's uh, doing what villains like to do, and that's brag to the heroes. Basically, I fucked up your life. Um, Fiona brings the ashes, or some of the ashes, of the storybook to Henry and basically, you know, is gloating. Emma has lost her faith. She's lost her belief. And here are the pages of your precious book. And, um... Henry's like, no, there's no way that you could have destroyed all of her belief. But she's like, she's packing for Boston as we speak. And Henry's still like, I'm going to stop you. And, uh, you know, he's like, you know, it's not just me. You know, it's our family. We won't let you win. And this is where she explains the consequences to Henry. Once Emma loses her belief, his family's going to cease to exist you know, all the realms are going to disappear and uh, they're not going to have enough time to save themselves. And this is where she gives, like, the most evil grin ever. And it was fantastic. <laughs> it was so good. So good, so good, so good. So, as the realms are starting to collapse, we're still with David and Hook, who are basically slowly falling off of the beanstalk. And uh, all of a sudden, Hook loses his balance and falls, but Charming grabs his hand. But because the realm is disintegrating and everything is shaking, it's like, you know, massive earthquakes all over the place. uh, Hook loses his grip and ends up falling from the beanstalk. And then all of a sudden, Charming's there, but he loses his grip as well. And it seems as if he falls. And uh, Snow has a bit of a premonition-y type of thing. And because they're, they share the heart, she's like, charming. And so with the help of Jasmine and her magic carpet, they uh, whisk away to the beanstalk. They find Hook. 
there's a very charming scene of, oh charming huh where he's like mummy <laughs> and snow gives him <laughs> snow gives him like resting bitch face and uh, jasmine's like mummy and she's like yeah there was this whole wedding and this kind of thing <laughs> and so they uh he presents that he has a, a magic bean and uh she's like but where's charming and uh he's like you know i don't know and uh snow is like you know he's he's got to be here he's got to be here and uh hook is ready to um search for him but snow is like no you know i will find him like you need to get that bean back because uh we need to find a way to connect with emma and get her to remember and so Let's continue on with Snow. So Snow searches and searches and searches, and she ends up finding an unconscious David. And we get a call back to the pilot, and the very first scene with uh, the Charmings, and we even get flashbacks to that, where we see Snow kiss her prince, and it awakens him much in the same way that Charming kissed Snow and it awakened her. And uh, they basically have a wonderful moment in which they say that darkness never wins. You know, it might trick us into thinking that it's one, but the light always wins. And so they kiss while the uh, enchanted forest crumbles around them. <laughs> so let's talk about this. So, uh, Fiona gloats, and uh, Henry finds out the truth of, like, what Emma not believing uh, basically uh, causes, and uh, we see Hook and Charming alive after that fall, which I'm like, they're not even aching? Like, what the hell's going on? But at least Charming was unconscious. But, um... What do we think? Like, I, what do we think? Like, I want to get uh, Katie's reaction. So, Fiona gloating was fabulous. I mean, she has become one of the best villains the show has ever seen. And I'm, I'm so glad that she's really one of the last, or she is the last, that we'll see in this chapter of Once Upon a Time, in these six seasons, um, just she's she's so great, she's so evil, and she's not afraid to like push children downstairs <laughs> and like oh, yeah. <laughs> serve them a platter of the ashes of their book that they've carried around <laughs> with them <laughs> their entire lives, and she's. Fabulous. She's terrifying and I love her so much. Um, but I love that despite her showing Henry the ashes of the book, he doesn't give up. Like he's not going to give up. I mean, it just, it shows how far he's come for sure. Um, and then we kind of skip forward to when Hook and Charming fall off the beanstalk. And I, I was like, Oh my, are they gonna die? Because like that was a long way to fall. I like, know, right? Personally, say that I would like to have what they are having to survive a fall like that. Because yeah, <laughs> that those was are some good vitamins. A long ways, man. Magic. 
<laughs> yes. Um, but, I mean, we got that comedic line where Hook <laughs> wakes up and he's like, Hello, Bummy. And she's mm-hmm. like, her face and Jasmine is so confused in the background it was just it was great I mean when you've got a finale that's this jam-packed with action it's nice to have those little comedic scenes scattered throughout um but just regarding Snow and Charming's reunion oh it was beautiful uh, I love, I mean, we called back to the pilot in the first season so much in this, in this, in these past few episodes. So it was a perfect opportunity for them to call back to the pilot, the first scene in the pilot where Charming and Charming wakes Snow up and they have a little dialogue and they kind of reversed it where Snow wakes Charming up and they have the dialogue together. And it was just, it was so beautiful and it was so cute. And it just calls back to why we love this couple so much. And I'm happy that they didn't die. Um, It was, it was such a cute reunion. And I really did like these opening sections to this episode a lot. What about you, Brittany? I have to agree with Katie. I mean, we pick up right where we left off, and it doesn't disappoint. We get Emma burning the book and leaving uh, an injured Henry in the hospital who's not who's being comforted, um, you know, by the Black Fairy. Although that's not what you want to call it comforting, but in her world, it is. She's there serving him a plate of the ashes of his life. And yeah, it wasn't Black Pudding. Uh, I think Black Pudding would have been... No, I don't think Black Pudding would have been. <laughs> but, yes, um, listeners, <laughs> if you listen to part one and we were all like curious about Black Pudding, we actually Googled it during <laughs> don't do it. the break. Don't do it. And it did not look scrumptious. Yeah, no. that's just... Just no. don't look it up. Yeah. So, <laughs> it's I mean, not as I exotic as it sounds. Yeah, don't look up black pudding or white pudding. They're not puddings. <laughs> I'm just saying. Oh I, I still don't know if the ashes of the book are better to be served to Henry right now <laughs> or the black or white pudding, but um, he does get a side of glass of a glass of water, so that's that's very nice of Fiona, but her gloating is just amazing. It's just it shows that she's gone farther than any other villain has, I would say. Or maybe I'm not remembering correctly, but she succeeded in making Emma le- not only leave Henry and Storybrooke, but to not believe, even after getting a little bit of help from Henry. You know, because we saw the flashes, and that's supposed to give us hope, and maybe Henry hope, but she still left. So everything that she's gloating about is true. And it's like, holy crap, like, you did, she did this, you know, with the help of nobody. But she she did it. And it's kind of insane to think that she's gone that far. And then she had the audacity to, to tie in the Enchanted Forest and their lives with Emma's belief. So it's like she's killing two birds with one stone. And that's, that's amazing. That's very clever and cunning and cruel and just... So the Black Fairy, which makes her like a favorite. You know, Regina's always going to be the star, but the Black Fairy is always going to be like the ultimate, you know, baddie. So I just, I really, I really like that. Um, 
And that fall from the beanstalk, I mean, I don't even, I, I don't even know what's going on there. But our, our, <laughs> our, our heroes have the plot armor, you know, um, so I'm okay with that. Um, I do like that we had some little stakes here because I think one of the best things to have in a finale is having some high stakes, but also being able to to save them later on. Um, I know some people are, think that that's like really cheesy, like, oh, well, we know that they're going to survive. It's like, well, yeah, but you still need to have some stakes. You need to you need to feel something. You need to feel a sense of urgency for the people that or the characters that, you know, we love. So having uh snow go out there because remember i was saying that this finale gives everyone something to do first it's captain charming getting the idea uh to go and get the bean and yes they're getting it but it's also really risky and you know snow stayed back with everybody but she feels something's wrong so now she goes to go and she does something she goes to save um her one true love which is charming and he's there like perfectly on the beanstalk looking sexy as always even in death or knocked oh out. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I mean, and then we, just, <laughs> we got the beautiful parallel. I mean, we, I, I was telling Jeff uh, after I had seen the episode, I told him on, um, after that there were two scenes that made me cry. And it's definitely in uh, the second half in part two. Uh, both of the scenes are in them. And this was one of the scenes. Like, it Aww. really hit me with all the news that we've been getting about who's returning and who's not. You know, it's just... It hit. It really hit me. Like this is Snow and Charming. They are the anchor couple, which means that they're the the they're the ones that have everything stay grounded, and they're always going to be there. Like no matter what they go through, they will find their way. It's not the same for the main couple, which is Captain Swan. It could follow the same rules, but it's definitely more dramatic. Whereas Snowing is just. It's pure and it's beautiful and it's consistent and it's always there, which is their slogan, right? You know, I will always find you. And she does and she kisses him and he's he wakes up and it's just it's so beautiful. It's just and then they play the charming music, the the snowing theme, which is my favorite theme in the entirety of this show. And I started to tear up. I was like, oh, my God, this is I'm going to miss these two. I don't care if people we're like well they don't give anything you know to the charmings to do or they always forget about their kid i'm like i don't care they're so beautiful let me have this, <laughs> let me have this. so that scene was just one of the best things to like have at the beginning of the episode because you know we're in for a ride later on so this was just really beautiful to have for them for them specifically so that was just oh my heart uh just wow and I think that was, that was it, right? That we were talking about. I totally forgot yeah. said three things. Yeah, it was the chart. Okay, I got it. Got yeah, it. no, you did good. And uh, just to echo what both of you said, I thought the snowing scene was really touching. Like, talking about Full Circle, which we did uh, during the first um, podcast recording, or I should say during the podcast recording for the first part, um, like that scene where she kisses him much like he kissed her. Like, I thought that was beautifully done. Although, I don't know if a kiss will wake someone who's unconscious. But <laughs> magic and enchanted forest will sort of go with it. But Impending boom. There you go. Everywhere. Why not? 
So found woke him up, not the kiss. We'll go with it. And and <laughs> it was cute and they sort of brought the hope in the episode like they usually do. And even though they weren't really there giving a pep talk to someone else, they were sort of like pep talking each other. Their chat about darkness never winning was like really powerful. The whole comedy of um, Hook and uh, Snow earlier, that was like really good. And um, I thought Fiona was just so like... I know she's not the Wicked Witch, but she was so wicked. Like, when <laughs> she did that smile to Henry that I mentioned, like, that was such an evil demonic smile. It was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like, she was fantastic. My mm-hmm. idol. Yep. I know, right? <laughs> so, let's continue on. All right. In Storybrooke, we see Emma depart for Boston. And she leaves uh, in her bug and she crosses the town line. Back at the pawn shop, Henry arrives um, and, and basically he he was going to barge through to the, the back and grab something. But Gold is like, hey, you know, clients aren't supposed to be back there. And he's like, I'm not a client. I'm your grandson. And you're my grandpa. And uh, when uh, he enters... He's like, I know you know. Like, I know you're awake. You you can't not be not awake. And we find out that Gold is awake. And in hiding, he's been working on some magic. And um, Gold is very concerned about finding Belle. Like, that is his goal. And um, he feels betrayed over what his mother did. Basically, this was not the arrangement that... Uh, he had made uh, the deal about you know he wasn't expecting being in this uh, twisted storybook without Belle so he's uh, pissed off at the Black Fairy and right now all gold is about is concerned with finding Belle even though Henry's like come on you know I need your help you know help me out and all this kind of stuff but he's like no like right now it's all about Belle so Henry's like well maybe you can hook me up with two things. And so Henry has decided that he's going to take on the Black Fairy himself. He takes the hunting sword from the shop and he also takes a magic mirror. And so they he he um uses the magic mirror to uh, send a message to the others and they see him through the magic mirror in the dark palace and basically henry's like you know i know i'm the only hope now emma has left and i'm gonna take the fight to the black fairy and while all that's going on in uh, the enchanted forest that realm is being obliterated and so uh the evil queen basically tells uh, Regina and everybody else that they need to get to the center of the castle. You know, it'll uh, give them a little bit more time. While uh, Regina, who now has uh, the magic beam that Hook brought, can figure out how to activate it. Because when Hook returned and brought the magic beam, we saw that because Emma no longer believes... Uh, the magic in the Enchanted Forest is, like, basically being sucked dry. And so the magic bean, we all know the magic beans are, like, glowing white, almost like light. It was, like, 
black as night and then almost like shriveled looking like almost like raisinish and so regina was going to have the evil queen help her um fix it but because the uh cloud of doom is approaching the evil queen tells them to basically leave that the evil queen will um will uh, try to stop the cloud as much as she can and regina's like no you know you're 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 gonna die and evil queen is like no like let me do this like i need to do this for myself and for everything that i've done and so they depart and the evil queen fights to protect the castle as everyone joins together at the very center of uh, the palace so, over in Boston, Emma arrives back and um, she's ready to get back into the Bill Bondswoman uh, life. Uh, she even gets a call from, I guess it's her boss, and um, we get a call back to the pilot where the boss is like, you know, maybe you can do your first date trick. And uh, Emma seems ready to do it, but she finds a book in her little um, satchel, and it is from Henry, and Henry has basically drawn her story from, like, her being alone on her birthday, to her fighting a dragon, to her waking him up with a kiss, and uh, this inspires her, apparently, because as Henry arrives at the mayor's office... Emma is there, and basically Emma's like, kid, you know, I don't know about all this stuff that you wrote, but you wrote about this woman who never backs down, and who's a hero, and never gives up, and you know what, I want to be that person. And, uh, yeah. And so, once she says that, you know, we're seeing the enchanted forest like getting obliterated like all of the refugees from the other realms our little group is in the center of uh, the uh, palace and everything is being destroyed like the darkness is surrounding them and it looks like our heroes have given up hope or like given into the fact that they're about to die basically and just as Emma was like, I want to be this person, I believe I can be this person, everything stops. And they're left on this little circular platform, like, because that's all that's left of the palace. And they're like, Emma, Emma's back. So, while all this is going on, Gold has used a locator spell on her handsome hero, the book, to find Belle, who's in this, like, shack, <laughs> this, like, run-down house, and Belle is terrified of him, and uh, Gold is like, I know that she did this, and I'm gonna figure it out, Belle, and I'm gonna help you, and all this kind of stuff. So while that's going on, Fiona has uh, stopped by the shop to see Gideon, and, uh, Gideon is confused. He's like, are you here for your watch? And she's like, no, I'm here to find a fairy wand that's hidden here. And Gideon's like, what are you talking about, fairy wand? Like, are you crazy? 
and she's like, "You're gonna help me find it," and cause he was initially gonna help, gonna gonna call, I should say, um, Gold, but she's like, "No, don't call him. Hang up." And he's like, "Why did I do this?" And uh, she's like, "Well, your father doesn't know this, but I still have your heart. So you got to do exactly what I want. So find the fairy wand for me." And so he finds it. And um, she grabs it, and she uses the fairy wand to decipher the mysterious writings that Henry had written. It turns out that it's like an old fairy language or something like that that uh, needed to be deciphered with the fairy wand. And uh, that writing was going to tell her what she needs to do to win the final battle. So, she ends up sending Gideon along to do his bidding and that bidding is to fight Emma and so uh, while that's happening Gold returns to the shop and finds Fiona there and uh, basically he lets her know that he's awake because he calls her mother and uh, they get into it basically you know, him talking about Belle and her talking about that once the final battle is over, the curse will be lifted and they can be a family again. And she tries to persuade him by saying, you know, we can be together, you can be together with Belle, we can all be happy, and you know what? I can even bring back your son because once the final battle is over, and the curse is lifted, and there's no more savior, I will be the most powerful person. And I will be able to use any type of magic however I want. Like, the laws of magic will no longer apply to me, so I can bring back the dead. I can bring back Balefire for you. And, uh, you know, you can be happy with uh, both of your sons. And gold is not having it. And uh, he doesn't believe her, and he doesn't trust her, and he's like, you'll deceive me again. And so uh, she tells him that she learned on the final pages that evil can't kill good, that good is too powerful, that only good can kill good, and that she has Gideon's heart, and he has instructed Gideon to kill Emma, and... uh, As expected, Gideon confronts Emma and is ready to face off against her. And so Gold is not having it now and is basically like, no, you know, this is not going to happen. And uh, basically he threatens to kill her. But Fiona's like, even if you do kill me, like more than likely Gideon is still going to be hell bent on killing Emma. And Gold is basically like, well, you know what? There's only way to, there's only one way to find that out. And he uses the wand to kill Fiona in such, as Brittany would say, a metal way. This was probably like one of the most painful deaths that I've ever seen because he disintegrated her like she turned into ash and it was beautiful. So... Alright, this is a whole lot of stuff to break down, but let's talk about Mm -hmm. Henry and his goal in trying to take the Black Fairy down, Emma realizing that she wants to be a better person, so that's why she returns, 
basically all of the Enchanted Forest disintegrating except for our group and they getting saved because Emma returned and then uh, Gideon with the Black Fairy and of course Rumple with the Black Fairy and, and, and Belle. So it's, it's a lot of stuff to chat about but it all sort of ties in together. And um, yeah, so before I say that though, I will say and I feel like Katie many seasons ago we ended up mm-hmm. doing the math of like Maine to Boston, but that was a really fast drive. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, she went all the way fast. to Boston and then she went all the way back, and that was in the span of like 30 minutes, maybe. That's so, great. magic. <laughs> yes, magic. <laughs> Brittany, break it down for me. All right, let's do this. Okay. (laughs) Okay, so starting off with Henry, I mean, he has no options left. His mom left. Um, Fiona's gloating. It's like she kind of has everything she wants, and the only person that's going to fight her or try to do something is Henry. So he goes to enlist uh, enlist in some help from somebody that... um, might have something for him. I mean, we don't know. Maybe he does. I don't know. So, he goes and he goes to Gold's shop to find something. And it's just... And we find that's where we find out that Gold actually does know everything. That he's not under the spell, but he's been playing it this whole season. And I have a lot of mixed feelings about Rumple. I mean, I'm not a Rumple stan. I did like him before because I always love the bad boys and tragic characters who are cold at first, but then slowly, you know, they let their guard down and they let someone in and maybe another person or something. But one of the things we've all, I think all of us here have felt that they've never done right is the relationship between Henry and Rumple. You know, even here we get henry calling him grandpa but i feel like he's never been that to him so i was actually really frustrated that rumple was like well bell first and bell first and it's weird because maybe if that was captain hook saying that about emma i would like it but i think in this instance i wouldn't have liked it i think everyone's in trouble and you need to find a way to help and even and even if he helped henry he would he would have been able to figure it out but of course they let him do his own thing but Henry still gets something, so I like that, and he has to do what he has to do, and he uses the mirror to talk to everybody, and they can see what's happening, and I just love it. It's just this state of urgency where everything's coming to a close. It's like Henry's going to go die, basically. Everyone else is kind of, you know, going to die in the Enchanted Forest, and Emma's barely reading what's going on in the book that Henry left her, which, again, I'm saying Henry... Being this age and being in this predicament is really, it's a good match. Because he had to let Emma go, but he also didn't let her go. He left her with something and it was up to her to figure out what was going on. But I love that it didn't make her believe, it made her want to be that. And I thought that that was really clever from the writers. Because um, that would have been kind of a cop-out if she just saw the book, oh, I remember everything. Um, but no, she comes back because she wants to be that person for him. And again, it always comes back to Henry and who she wants to be for him and be there for him. So I loved all of that. Um, And then as for the Black Fairy and Gold stuff, now this is where my criticism is. 
And I, I and it, <laughs> it could be because of the expectations I had, but we, what we talked about what the final battle was going to be, and we find out that it's more of a mental or psychological battle of Emma versus the Black Fairy. It's not an actual physical fight. And I'm not going to lie, I had this buildup that that's what it would have been, like Emma fighting the Black Fairy with her magic and her belief and maybe her not doing it alone, maybe having Regina help her. And I don't know, like the power of love. Like I'm thinking like Sailor Moon stuff here, guys, where the Sailor Scouts, you know, they place all their powers into Sailor Moon and she's able to defeat the bat. I always crave that. And I always thought that that was Emma's end game because it's not about her doing it alone anymore. It's about her and her family. So that's what I thought the final battle was going to be versus the Black Fairy. But instead we get the gold and Black Fairy scene, which is amazing by the way i will not take that away because that was just some good good stuff especially when rumple finds out what she did to bell which is not as bad i would say as regina but still bad because bell doesn't want to leave the house and she's paranoid and she's like you know it's some it's something similar to the regina stuff so it was yeah just, they, they, i know, don't know I, if you watch the simpsons but they turn into the crazy cat lady yeah <laughs> It's just, it was just really, it was disheartening to see Belle basically become what she isn't, which is Belle's very curious, you know, she's out, she's willing for adventure, she likes to read, she is loving, she's caring, she's warm, she always does the right thing, and here, she's frightened, she's scared, and she's paranoid, and she doesn't want to leave, so I think Rumpel was like, this is not the Belle I know, and uh Whoever did this to you is going to pay. And that, you know, that triggers him to do what he does to the Black Fairy. But we get that really incredible scene between the two of them going back and forth. And the Black Fairy being like, I care about you. And I did this for you. And blah, blah. And it's like, nah, brah. Nah. You did this for you. Everything here in this curse world is how you want it to be. Because you have Gideon's heart. You have Belle locked away. And you have everything the way you want it. So... That scene was incredible. And then, like you said, Jeff, the way he kills her is, oh, it's amazing. Not the way I thought it was going to go down with Emma in the final battle, but it was still really good. And I did predict this. I'm going to say it right now. I predict, I said that uh, Rumpel was probably going to come in and defeat his mother and probably save the day and redeem himself. I just didn't think it was going to go this way. I thought... When the final battle was happening and it was Emma and everybody versus the Black Fairy, that maybe she would get an upper hand in the battle and then Rumpel would come and destroy her, thus being like the the savior in his own way. But they had this at the at this point in time and it was still really well done. It just kind of threw me for a loop. I was like, oh, well then, what's the big battle? What's going on? You just killed her, you know. And we'll get into that later. So, um, but that scene was incredible. I thought it was really well done. Some of the best stuff I think I've ever seen Rumple or Robert Carlyle do. Because he's always nailed it. Regardless of how I feel about the way Rumple's choices are, he's always been able to nail Rumpelstiltskin so well. So I thought that that was amazing. And now Gideon's in trouble again. And he has to save him. And it was just really awesome. And I guess they needed the Black Fairy to die so that the this curse would be uplifted and then M was able to remember and it just everything falls into place here so when that happened and i was watching i was like oh my god well what's gonna happen now like what what 
what's gonna happen and it just it was really really well done but i disappointed myself so the show i guess didn't disappoint me i disappointed myself with my theories but i still enjoyed the hell out of that scene and i think rumple had to be the one to kill his mother even if it didn't play it out the way i thought it would but it was still really really awesome and i think she took for granted that her own son would kill her and i thought that, that was amazing yeah i agree with you Brittany. like i thought that that was awesome that he was the one to kill her i wasn't disappointed that the final battle was more psychological i thought that made sense being the kind of show that we're watching and that you know not everything is exactly the way it seems in a sense yeah that's true that it was instead of a literal final battle that it was more a psychological mental one about belief which i thought was really strong in a sense and uh i thought it was a little bit more powerful that it was about emma and it was more like an internal struggle versus an external one yeah uh, i guess i guess i just wanted emma to give her to give the black fairy a piece of her mind because she yeah. messed with her the entire the entirety of this finale and she didn't even get to like get in a punch or or anything so i guess that's that's the the, the satisfaction i wanted for emma but i still think ultimately rumple had to defeat her it was rumple's destiny not emma's yeah opinion. and i can agree with that as well and as far as just other stuff I, i'm going to try not to tackle some of the stuff you did because uh, i i agree with that and uh, I, I liked what you said, Brittany. So just to go into like other aspects of uh, the uh, the sort of scenes that I recapped, besides like Emma um, driving, I guess, a hundred miles an hour to go to Boston, <laughs> coming back. Nobody, nobody takes that road anyway because Storybrooke doesn't exist to the regular public. So yeah. he, so she's not going to get pulled over. It's like a free mm-hmm. road. Exactly. Okay. She can't die because she's a savior. So the car can yeah, her in see? it. Yeah, she can get into a car crash, but she'll still be alive, and then she'll fly. Mm-hmm. We'll go with That's that. It. <laughs> Bes- besides that, I've got to say I was struck by a couple things. Like I thought Henry, like taking the hunting sword and ready to fight the. Um, the, the Black Fairy was like really powerful to see because this is like little Henry and and we had like the flashbacks to him as a child so to see him like grown up and ready to be a hero I thought that was really powerful I also thought the evil queen willingly sacrificing herself was really powerful as well because uh, we may have had a uh, redemptive arc for Regina but it was great to see the evil queen get a redemptive arc as well because even though she's no longer evil fully she still um represents like the evil side of regina and to see like the evil side of regina do something so selfless i thought that was incredibly powerful i also thought like seeing our heroes like basically thinking that they were about to die i was like good grief i i I really felt for them at that moment and i was very worried about uh, some of the characters that we've grown to love and um 
the Black Fairy still having Gideon's heart, that wasn't fully surprising. Although, it was nice that they brought it up. Because uh, I thought that was like a neat way to show how manipulative and how deceptive she really is. It's like, as Rumple said, you know, you're all about you. You're, you aren't about anybody else. And uh, you are basically fucking with my life. And, uh, you know, you're messing up everything. And you think that it's... You're trying to convince others that it's for their best interest, but it's really all about you. And, I mean, just the death. The death was spectacular. Like, I'm sure they had an entire meeting on, like, how can we kill her and how can we make it memorable? And this was memorable and terrifying and creepy and awesome. And it was just a very neat special effect that we've never seen before, and I really loved it. And powerful acting from Robert Carlyle as Rumpelstiltskin, and, and of course, uh, Jamie Murray as uh, the Black Fairy Fiona. It was just, it was really good. What about you, Katie? I would echo, like, everything you guys said, except I will add, I was wrong. Oh my gosh, I thought Rumpel was going to give up his Dark One powers, sacrifice them in order to have his mother die, but he didn't. So he's still, he's still the Dark One. He still has those powers. But I really did like, despite my theory not coming true, I really liked how they handled it. I thought it was a really good way to do it. Um, she, wow, she like was totally obliterated and... I appreciate that it was Rumpel who did it because, like Brittany was saying, that is his destiny. That made the most sense. It made the most sense. It was his destiny to do that. And also, I will just add, he killed his mother on Mother's Day. I know, right? Wow, what is this <laughs> show? <laughs> he is killed. He killed his father and his mother at this point. Let's be honest. So, um, well, they weren't nice people. No, they weren't nice people at all. So, you know, we have a little hope for Rumple. I mean, um, after he killed his mother. So, um, I appreciate how that all went down. I loved when Henry was, like, trying to contact his um, family in the Enchanted Forest. And he was, like, <laughs> it was like he was vlogging or something. Like, hello, Henry. Yes. Here. I'm about to go save the day. Yeah. I don't know if anybody's <laughs> watching, but, you know... <laughs> I'm about to do something cool. <laughs> Look at me with this sword. <laughs> yes. Great. Oh my gosh, it was wonderful. But um, I loved the scene where Emma came to the realization of who she is. And it wasn't like Britain said as well. It wasn't just looking through the book and all of her memories came back to her. It was her saying this woman is everything that I want to be. I want to be a hero. I want to be strong. I want to be brave. And that's what did it. And that was just such a powerful moment. And it was one of those moments that really defined Emma's character throughout all of these seasons. It really brought it full circle and showed us how far she has come and how long it's taken, but what she's really 
become since the pilot. So I, I appreciate that a lot. But these are just great sections, and I really can't say any more than what you guys have said already. So then let's continue on, because once the Black Fairy got obliterated, the curse lifted. The Black Curse spell lifted. And so a wave... Uh, you know, like that beautiful effect of like a curse lifting ends up happening. And everyone in Storybrooke that didn't remember now remembers. So we have an awesome scene where Emma's like, I remember. And uh, then we also see in the Enchanted Forest that our group ends up disappearing in a puff of smoke. And uh, we see Belle reuniting with gold and uh basically bell is like you know where's gideon and he informs her on like what's going on and uh, and bell is like you know we need to stop him and gold is like no i'm not gonna stop him i'm gonna save him and so henry helps helps emma escape from gideon who's like ready to fight her by knocking him out with the fire extinguisher and Emma places a protection spell on the mayor's office to contain him, at least for a little bit. And it's funny, because all of a sudden it's nighttime. Because <laughs> I'm like, what? I love it. The time... The, the final battle begins, like, time moved forward. It had to be nighttime, okay? Apparently. Final battle aesthetic. <laughs> Yeah, it was just, it was weird, because it was, like, bright-ass daytime, but then, all, like, I think in Gold Shop, it was daytime, and then all of a sudden, it's nighttime. So, it is nighttime, and uh, we see Emma and Henry running through Storybrooke, and they run into our group. Snow, Charming, Regina, Hook, and Zelina are back. A baby Neil is somewhere, maybe in a crib, and, um... Yes. So they're back in Storybrooke to help Emma and Henry. And uh, there's like a really, there are several really great moments between our characters. But there's like a really nice moment between Emma and Regina, where basically Regina is like, you know, we hated each other. But, you know, we always found like another way. And you're going to find another way because uh, they've all come to the realization that the Black Fairy's plan is perfect. If Emma dies, the light gets snuffed out and darkness wins. If Emma kills Gideon, then she's going to darken her soul. So the Black Fairy wins regardless. And so... Regina urges her to find another way. And basically, um, everyone is like, like, you'll know what to do when the time is right. You'll know. You're the savior. You will know exactly what you need to do. All right. So she doesn't have that much time to think because Gideon arrives. And he holds up a, uh, a, his sword against snow and uh, Emma's basically like you know let her go this is between you and I so while that's going on gold is searching for Gideon's heart and uh, 
he's searching for it down in the mines because he's like, this has to be where she hit it because this is her M.O. And uh, Belle twists her ankle and Gold is willing to help her like heal it. But she's like, no, no, no. Um, I'll only hold you back. So Gold ends up going by himself and uh, he ends up finding like a what would you call that like a box a bassinet a oh, bass a, a bassinet <laughs> i was trying to remember what it a was a treasure chest like a treasure oh, chest it thank was you a chest. that's right oh that came later oh, <laughs> a bassinet something what oh okay <laughs> i know what you're talking about now <laughs> but i had no idea what you were talking about at the moment <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. So <laughs> he ends up finding a little treasure box that <laughs> that has the heart. And um, a Rumpelstiltskin doppelganger ends up appearing. I guess his dark side. And he's like, oh, you know, <laughs> like, why, why are you doing all this stuff? <laughs> like, did, didn't you hear what she said? Like, if... The f I know the final <laughs> battle, Juicy, ends up happening. Like, you get all the power. Like, you know, you can travel the world with Belle for like a hundred years, and then you can ruin the world for a hundred years. Like, come on. Hoo -hoo, you know, you can do it. Like, just let things happen as they're supposed to. But Gold is like, no. You know, I will resist. And I'm going to do what's right. And so... He ends up talking to the heart, you know, holding the heart and basically like, you know, Gideon, don't kill Emma. Stop what you're doing, basically. And the heart, like, stops glowing. And uh, the Rumple Doppelganger, as he leaves, basically is like, this is the Black Fairy we're talking about. Like, you didn't think it would be that easy. <laughs> so Juicy Rumple leaves. Ooh. And uh, we're back to the final battle. And basically, Emma, she does this really great, like, I, I don't know the words word for word, but, like, she's talking about hope and love and faith and belief and all this kind of stuff as she's fighting Gideon. And um, she realizes what she needs to do. And so... She has faith that everything is going to happen the right way, that the light's going to win. So she ends up tossing her sword down, which confuses Gideon. And, and Gideon, like the good side of Gideon, ends up coming out and is like, I'm so sorry. And he ends up stabbing Emma, but all this light comes out from her. And some of our group look horrified, some of our group you know, are, look resilient. Like, they know that something good is going to happen from this. And uh, then, like, Emma collapses. But she doesn't seem to have any, um, like, a stab wound or anything like that. She's not bleeding out or anything like that. And so, for some reason, Henry, maybe he realizes that he should do this, or, or maybe it just, you know... He just did it just to do it, but he ends up kissing Emma on the forehead, much like, call back, to when Emma kissed him, and true love's kiss works, 
and she's brought back to life. And elsewhere in the uh, Dwarves Mine, we have uh, Rumpel returning back to Belle. And Rumpel's like, you know, I did the right thing, Belle. Like, I I tried to stop it, but I just, I, it didn't work. Like, I don't think what I did helped. And uh, behind them, they find, what is it they find, Katie? It, was it a treasure chest? <laughs> no, it was a bassinet. Oh, <laughs> it was a bassinet with baby... Uh, what the hell's his name? Gideon. Gideon, yes. <laughs> wow. Sorry, from in my head I had Baby Neil from my joke of Baby Neil a few <laughs> moments ago. They find Baby Gideon with the Her Handsome Hero book and they realize that this is not their happy ending, but their happy beginning. And so uh, the Rumpelgold family is reunited. And it feels so good, I guess. And so, uh, after Emma is uh, revived, like our group embraces, our our new family is, is back together. And uh, then we see that, you know, they end up trying to figure out what's, like, next. And so they open the uh, story book that just magically appears out of nowhere like fully restored and they get to the final page and it was really neat because uh, on the final page like the words just sort of appeared it says when good and evil both did the right thing faith was restored the final battle was won so that means that it took not only emma doing the right thing but also gold doing the right thing and they're like that's it and they're like there's no the end and like no and snow is like of course it's not the end because maybe it's the end of this book but it's not the end end and so they're like what now like what do we do and they're like we get to see what's next we get to live our lives believing in happy endings it's a powerful thing but living with that kind of belief that's the most powerful thing of all that's hope so what now we keep on going and we live our lives and they keep on doing what they love and so they see or i should say we see all of the realms are fully restored once we see the because um a callback that um happened earlier in the episode when they were talking about um fiona's watch this was in part one was that the clock tower hadn't worked and uh we see the clock tower once again work and we see all of the other realms returned to their glory so we visit arendelle we visit neverland we visit wonderland we visit agrabah we don't see black and white steampunk Transylvania land, but I'll forgive them. But we do see that the evil queen was restored once the enchanted forest was restored. And so now we get some vignettes of our characters. We see the Charmings in a brand new house that has a farm attached to it. 
we see they have a, a beautiful welcome mat that says charmings we see uh, both Emma and Regina kiss Henry as he goes off to school while Violet waits for him as they get on the school bus we see Snow teaching a class of children we see Emma with Hook sheriff and deputy ready to uh, fight crime we have a scene with the dwarves at the mayor's office and they've um, etched into the door uh, Regina Mills queen and we see Regina happy eating an apple in the mayor's office we see the evil queen get proposed to by Robin Hood in the Enchanted Forest, we see Belle and Rumpel dance together to Beauty and the Beast, and they kiss. And then the final scene that we see of our group together, they're at Granny's, of course, and um, they're eating a feast together. Everyone is there, our core group, and uh, Rumpel and Belle arrive with baby Gideon, and they all sit down, they're laughing, they're all smiling, and they have a meal together as a family in Storybrooke at Granny's. So, let's break it all down. What did we think of the final scenes of the final battle? We'll get into those additional scenes in just a moment. So focusing on our group and story book and the story book. What did we think? And uh, let's kick it off with Katie. Okay, so hmm, these last final scenes. Katie's going to cry, y'all. So what? Katie's going to cry, y'all. I am going to cry, guys. They were so beautiful. So I'll start with the battle. Um, the battle was awesome. I loved the way that they pieced it together. It just it seemed so final. It seemed like this is where it's all been leading up to. And I loved the, um, the way that they put it together when it was kind of in slow motion. And we see Emma kind of giving these different lines that explain her character so well and how far she has come over the years you know she said no one needs to save me i'm the savior i'll do what all saviors must i will give hope and she says things like that all while she's fighting and coming to this realization that what she has to do is sacrifice herself and it was just so beautiful it was it's why I fell in love with her character and why I have so loved following her character throughout the years. And I'm so happy that this is where we finally got to it. She totally came full circle. And when she sacrificed herself, I just wanted to like say that scene where we kind of see all the light like bursting out of her and all of that was so pretty. It was really pretty cinematography and they put it together really well. Um, but then, you know, we see her waking up after Henry gives her true love's kiss, which is also another parallel to the first season and how we've come full circle with their characters where she, he had died and she gave him true love's kiss 
and he woke up and now she dies and he gives her true love's kiss and she wakes up and it was just so beautiful for their characters and then we see them all have this big group hug that was very emotional because we know that this is one of the last things that we are going to see our main cast ever doing together because of how you know the contracts are for next season this is it like this is what we're going to see of all of our characters together for the last time and it was done so well and snow's speech was such a powerful bookend i'll say to the show i mean in the pilots we see snow saying that believing And the possibility of a happy ending is a very powerful thing. And then it comes full circle to the, this last speech where she says something very similar. And I can't remember what it is right now, word for word, but it was very, very similar to that. Um, And they emphasize the fact that this isn't an ending. This is a happy beginning. And I love that once upon a time has put that phrase kind of as their phrase. When we think about fairy tales, we always think of happy endings at the end of the stories. But really, it's not a happy ending. It's a happy beginning. They've overcome so much that they're ready to start over and start from the beginning in a happy place. And that's so beautiful, I think. And we kind of got a little taste of that with Rumbel. I mean, they... (laughs) If you're a Rumbell fan, you've gone through so many ups and downs throughout the seasons, and they're finally happy. And I will admit, it was really cute. Like, even myself, not as much of a Rumbell fan, it was really cute to see uh, Rumple and Belle and Baby Gideon together, finally, and for her to say, this is our happy beginning. Um, and then, just to touch on the the um, happy ending, happy beginnings montage. Um, it was beautiful. I love the way they put it together. I know a lot of people were worried how they were going to end all of our core cast stories, um, especially once the show got renewed for season seven and we were going to lose a lot of them. I know a lot of people were worried how they were going to end it, but I think that they did it in a perfect way. We got to see all of our characters happy. They finally reached a place where they can live normal lives without fear of what's coming in the future and just be happy. We got to see the Charmings in a new house together with baby Neil and Wilby was there, the dog. Um, that was so cute. Um, we got well, to see Snow. Probably not Wilby, Wilby, but Junior. It was a Wilby look like. Yeah, Junior. We'll go with Junior. He was he's cute. They've got the dog. They've got a dog. That's really cute. Um and then we got to see Snow teaching, which is what we opened the show on with her teaching. And mm-hmm. now she isn't cursed and she's doing something that she loves. Well being cursed. And we got to see Regina and Emma sending Henry off, and we got to see um the dwarves actually showing respect and the fact that they do love Regina now. They're not scared of her anymore, which is a huge change from what we saw in the first season. So, And then we got to see my favorite. We got to see Hook and Emma as husband and wife, sheriff and deputy, 
duo racing off in their um in the uh, yellow bug um just a little note to add i saw this on tumblr um we kind of see them mount. There's music that's going over this um, whole montage, but um, Hook mouths the words "Happy honeymoon" to Emma before they take off in the bug, and that's the cutest thing. Um, that was really cute touch. Um, but just seeing them all, especially at the end, everyone together at the table, um, all of these characters who hated each other really um who were searching for each other who hated each other um in season one come full circle and they're all eating dinner together that's just it shows you the entire theme of the show and that is that hope is a very powerful thing and they've all hoped and they've all changed and this is where it ended them and i am so happy that we were able to follow them throughout this journey and to end on such a high note. So I really do commend Adam and Eddie for everything that they've given us and that they gave us such a great ending right there. Yeah. Katie, that was perfect. That was really good. (laughs) And I agree with a lot of what you said. I think the moment for me that, like really gave me the feels where I was like I didn't cry but like I swelled up with emotion was that scene with Regina and the dwarves because if Mm -hmm. you think about it like they've always had a very antagonistic relationship like in Storybrooke in the Enchanted Forest pre-curse post-curse like all that kind of stuff and to see them like respect her and bow down to her like in honor like that was beautiful and like regina's reaction because like, you could tell like lot the way lana acted it like you could tell regina was really touched by that sentiment and like i thought that was really beautiful mm-hmm. i thought the final battle was uh the final battle of the final battle was pretty awesome to see to see emma realize that she needed to be sort of selfless and to have faith in uh, in a basically a a happy ending sort of or a happy beginning was nice to see and uh, i mean obviously she wasn't gonna die like i i didn't think emma was dying so i thought that was a really neat way to um symbolically um and the final battle. I also liked that they brought Rumpel into the mix into that, in that him finally making like the right choice and the right choice because he wanted to make the right choice, not because there was an ulterior motive or because he was going to get something out of it. He made the right choice because it was the right choice. And even though he was tempted by the dark side and all that kind of stuff, he used the force uh, for good. And, uh, <laughs> that sort of tied into the final battle you know it was like the light and the dark making the right decision is what um made the final battle a success i thought that was really neat all of the montages were really nice i loved that we actually saw all of the realms being restored even though like we didn't really see any characters that we know and love besides um 
Aladdin and Jasmine, at least in human form. Like we saw um, Sven over in Arendelle. We saw a CGI'd, uh, I'm assuming that was Tinkerbell in Neverland. We saw um, the Caterpillar from Wonderland and that kind of thing. But at least we got to see some humans in Agrabah. So shout out to Aladdin and Jasmine. And if both of you were series regulars in Season 7, I wouldn't be mad. Just putting that out there. And then, like, the final moments, I loved them eating dinner together. Because I always said, and I think, I think we've said this on air, Katie, from, like, the beginning. Like, wouldn't it be awesome to see them mm -hmm. all, like, have Thanksgiving together or something like that? And, and mm -hmm. at the time, you know, there were a lot of, like, antagonistic relationships. So it would have been just interesting from a dramatic standpoint. But to see them all happy and welcoming and um, supportive of each other, like, when... The Golds walked in, and, like, Emma gave, like, the most happy smile to them. Like, I was like, wow, like, this has come all the way around from, because I'm tired of saying full circle, from, like, season one. Like, it's just, it was beautiful to see. And shout out to Granny. You didn't get a chance to do much, but I know you were fighting a battle with a lasagna or something. <laughs> That was your final battle. But, um, yeah, it was just, it was wonderful to see. And, um, yeah, I, I just, there's nothing else that I can add. What about you, Brittany? Why you gotta steal all my stuff, Jeff? Why, I know. Why you gotta Katie stole a lot of mine, so I'm just saying. <laughs> well, you stole the last thing, the last thing I wanted to say. Talk about that. Granny. I'm kidding. Um, that's your... I know. <laughs> um... No, I had mentioned earlier that there were two scenes that made me tear up, and they were both in the two uh, or the second, the uh, part two of the final battle. And the first one was the snow and charming, and the music, and the kiss, and the you know just all of that was so beautiful. And then the second one was the the dwarves and Regina. Oh, we shared the I feels, was, Brittany. Yes, yes, because I know you know. Katie you, doesn't you were, have any. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's you know you and I we're we're the Regina stands yeah. like for life like we love her so much and she's our favorite character so I I never I know there's always more moments that the the writers can make for us that make us feel like this but I don't expect them all the time and I don't even think I expected it in this episode either or in the finale like I I knew I was gonna get a lot of feels. But I wasn't sure how much or just how powerful they would be. Um, and I thought that for such a small scene, it was the most emotional for me for her. Because she is my favorite character. So Lana just played it so beautifully, like on the verge of tears. And then the dwarves are especially grumpy, you know, the way he is with her or they have been with each other. Um, I mean, just last episode in the musical when she had her uh, solo... Uh, her solo song she like kicked one of the <laughs> dwarves in the thing you know it's just it it was just so beautiful to see and uh i'm just so proud of regina and i feel like she totally deserves all the happiness and i thought that that was just really nice because she's mended everything else with everyone but we really haven't seen it with the dwarves so that was just beautiful for that um to lightly touch on everything else uh 
like I said, the final battle didn't go the way I thought it would in my head or with the way they advertised it um, and how that was going to play out and what was going to happen. So I just love what Emma did. She she had her own little monologue while she was fighting. Um, and it was really cool. I just think it was hard to root for her to win because you knew, you knew Gideon didn't want to fight her either, but he was forced to. So it was a lot of conflicting emotions, but I think that was the point. We weren't supposed to really want her to win. We wanted it to like be resolved in a different way or some kind of light or something because we didn't want Gideon to die either. He's, you know, he's not evil. You know, he's just been a puppet this entire time. So um, I love that, again, Rumpel had to save the day. And like you said, Jeff, he did it on his own accord and it's like finally after six seasons it's in his head that you know you can do the right thing even if you know his son's involved you can still be a good person i'm not not saying he has to be best friends with the charmings or with emma but he needs to know how he needs to be able to to be nice and to, to to do good things for the sake of doing good things because he knows and also i mean it go it goes to say Treat others the way you want to be treated. If you want people to help you with your son and everything, you know, you need to be willing to help them. So, you know, do that. And he did it, you know, and I always wanted Belle to be that good influence on him. And I think it finally hit him here. I think it was really rushed to where we got them. But I think we all kind of knew it was going to get here. We had a lot of theories about what would happen. So I think I I like being right. I'm okay with that theory. Um, And then Baby Gideon, that was something else we all theorized about or we wanted to happen or both. And it happened. And that was actually really adorable. This is what I wanted for Belle to be able to be a mom. I think um, that was the worst thing ever for it to be torn away from her. Um, And the montage at the end was just so beautiful, guys. I... Cry, I cry, I cry all day, I cry all night. It was just so beautiful. <laughs> um, and I think also just like one, one more scene that was just really, or two more scenes. I'm sorry. The scene where Regina goes to talk to Emma was really, really fantastic. She talks about remember how we hated each other and we didn't like each other, and you called um, yourself Henry's mother, and I was like, oh my god, like I for like I don't forget, but it's just so long mm-hmm. ago. To where they've come, you know, and it's just, it's beautiful to see that and how she was telling Regina, you know, Regina, I'm sorry for saying that. She's like, no, 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 it's true. This is, this is what we used to be like and look where we are now. And she tried to help her and tell her there's another way and you'll find it. That was really powerful. And Henry kiss, kissing Emma to, to wake her up was perfect too. I love, I am Captain Swan all day, or day. They're reunited their uh, reunion scene was so adorable. Emma giving him little kisses everywhere was just so much better than an actual, like, big, you know, uh, make-out scene. And that's coming from me, the one that always wants him to do it on screen. Um, I, thought that, <laughs> I thought that reunion thing was, so, it was just so cute, and he's just giggling, and, you know, they're just having a little reunion, but Henry being the one to wake her up, again, full circle, and it was awesome. And, that, and just that ending scene, everyone just had something so I'm wondering who didn't get the happy ending I I don't know what's going on but everyone kind of did and then they all have that last supper montage or like that that uh screenshot oh that was awesome just 
it was beautiful. I did want a little bit more to be a little selfish, but what I wanted was happy endings for all my favorite characters, and we got that. I can't say any more than that. I mean, I could, but I won't. <laughs> all right, so it's time to discuss the three scenes that basically tease where season seven is going. And the very first scene that teased where season seven was going was back in part one, but it didn't make sense to discuss that in part one. I was like, let's just keep it all for uh, part two so that we can discuss it all together. So the time frame is Enchanted Forest, a time of great upheaval. We see a man running through the woods of the Enchanted Forest, and he's running away from something, an evil presence that's chasing him. He reaches a cabin in the woods, and he sends his daughter Lucy away with the Once Upon a Time storybook, basically telling her to keep it safe, that he will fight off this evil entity and uh, it's very important that she keeps the storybook safe so she runs off and uh, the man um, encounters this evil presence so the second uh, tease to season seven featured the young girl Lucy returning to her home she finds everything destroyed we see tiger lily who uh, we're assuming is a fairy because she talks about the other fairies and how in fairy lore, the fairy, you know, she knows that everything is going to be fine, that the fairies have prophesized some of it and basically things will end well for her and uh, her father, that even though she can't find her father, that her father will be fine, something like that. And uh, she sees that Lucy has the story book, and, and Tiger Lily tells her that she needs to take the book to her mother, that her mother will know what to do. So this leads us to the final scene of the episode. It says, years later, in Seattle, we see Lucy on a uh, Seattle monorail with a different storybook. It says Once Upon a Time on it, but it's a little different. And uh, she's smiling. And then we see her arrive at an apartment. And the apartment is uh, 815. You see that? Did anyone notice that? But I did. Yes, the apartment is 815. And she knocks on the door. And a man opens it basically is like who are you and uh she's like are you henry mills and he's like yeah and she's like i'm lucy and i'm your daughter and he's like what i don't have a daughter and she's like you do and we need to hurry because your family needs you right now boom, 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 boom. so let's break it down Let's discuss it, because after that final scene, obviously all that stuff that was going on in the Enchanted Forest was in the future, and uh, what the hell's going on? Like, 
let's break it down because I'm excited to talk about this portion. Because I like rewound that scene a couple times, the very first one, because when that evil whatever ended up bursting through, it was almost like a cloud of smoke. And uh, when it entered uh, the shack or the cabin, whatever you want to call it, uh, it started to form the shape of a person, which mm-hmm. I thought was interesting. Mm-hmm. And um, then Lucy's mom is obviously in the Enchanted Forest because Tiger Lily told her to take the book to her mom that she would know what to do. So that was interesting. Based on Lucy's ethnic makeup, it cannot be Violet. So that is interesting. Mm-hmm. And which, I mean, come on, you know, a... a middle school high school kids crush their his first you know love (laughs) is not going to be the person he ends up marrying so that makes sense so henry is back in the enchanted forest as an adult based on like the actor's age the actor is uh, 33 and they specifically mentioned that henry was 14 so that means almost well i don't know if they're gonna they never go by an actor's real age so let's say henry's just um 30 or something 28 or (laughs) 28 oh god there you go maybe he's 28 (laughs) you never know so uh, yeah so certainly at least over 10 years has passed probably over 15 years have passed since that final scene of the family united I'm excited to see what happens. I'm not going to lie. I'm curious to know what happened. Obviously, a happy ending or a happy beginning does not make evil disappear, in a sense. So, it makes sense that something out there, some sort of evil presence is out there. And I'm curious as to what it wanted and and why it's there like i'm fascinated i really am excited about what's to come so katie you're our big emma fan and even (laughs) though emma's not going to be on we now have an adult henry who's in the emma position we do and i am really excited I I know there's a lot of people who are like, oh, I'm not going to watch season seven if it doesn't have Emma and blah, 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 blah. And I mean, saying myself as an Emma fan and being upset that she's not going to be in next season, I genuinely am upset. But I think that they set up season seven so well. Um I had speculated a long time ago, like when he was first cast, that this guy was probably an older Henry. And I'm glad that they went that route because he, it just, it just seems perfect. We've been using the word full circle a lot, but I think it's, it's very true. I mean, the pilot, we see young Henry going to Emma and here we see Lucy going to an older Henry. And I like how we we're getting adult version of him and we're going to see We're going to see a lot more to come. And I'm really excited because what we know of his character so far is that he's this biggest believer. He's always been this biggest believer. The heart of the truest believer. Yeah, he has the heart of the truest believer. We saw his heart. It's like golden. And 
how did he get to this point where he's living in like this not the greatest apartments and he doesn't know that he has a daughter and it just mm, it's very intriguing and I am super excited to see where they go with it I think that this is a good fresh start and it has a lot of possibilities um I was actually kind of you know it was fun to go through and theorize on stuff again. Um, it, it kind of feels similar to when the first season started and mm-hmm. everyone was theorizing what's going to happen. And it just kind of feels that way again. And I'm really excited. I think this was a breath of fresh air that they needed. Um, and the whole darkness thing and being in the Enchanted Forest is really curious to me. I mean, we obviously have a lot of backstory coming up that we can potentially see as to how they all got to this point so i am really excited i think that they're going to do good with this and i hope that they really just really play it up and do a good job with it because i'm excited for one yeah i agree with everything you just said katie and i think this sets it up in a similar way that emma had her predicament but like very different like i'm glad they didn't go the same route I'm glad that we got to see that Henry, as an adult, was with his daughter. It wasn't like they were separated when she was young and like she was mm-hmm. searching for her father and that kind of thing. It seems as if maybe not that much time has passed since um, that evil entity, I guess, cursed Henry into the land without magic and his daughter had to go find him. So it might be one of those situations, kind of like with Emma, where Emma thought she was in in an asylum for two years when not that much time had passed. So maybe Henry, you know, just has all these memories of uh, the um, the land without magic. But in reality, he's really only been there like maybe a couple months or something like that or even less. Brittany, what do you think? Did you like the three teases to season seven? I thought the teases were really well done um, to set up season seven only because we weren't sure what what could they do. And it's it still looks like it's going to be a mini spinoff type of thing, but it's still going to be under Once Upon a Time. I don't know. It's not the first time though, I've seen a show where... Um, the adults are the main characters, but then really it's the kids and we get to see them grow up and then they become the new heroes or something like that. It's I've seen that before, so it's not uncommon. And the theories of it being Henry were pretty right. I mean, I don't know who else they could have put in there randomly that could have taken over the show that wouldn't have a connection to Regina or Emma. You know, like it had to be Henry. So that's really smart. That's really good. And like you said, Jeff, that... The fact that he didn't abandon his daughter, or it's not like the actual same thing, um, is really is really good because he would know what that's like. Cause it was what um, the Charmings abandoned Emma, and then Emma abandoned him. And it, well, not abandoned, but you know, gave up. And yeah, I'm glad it's not the same thing. And I know about some of the theories going around. It's pretty cool um, for to keep people interested. Me personally, I didn't really care for them i mean it was kind of like oh okay well what's going on but i wasn't really into it maybe when it premieres and it answers some questions i'll 
get into it, but I felt like this felt like such an ending that if they never added those parts because they were so independent from what was going on, I would just be like totally happy knowing that everyone, even Henry, got a happy ending, but they put it in for Henry, so that means his story isn't done. And maybe that's what they were hinting at at the finale that this chapter is done, but not the entire story. So it's it's good. And I, I, I'm with you, Katie. I think once is really strong when they give you all these characters that we know from fairy tales, because there's a lot more that we didn't get to explore. But I think mm-hmm. it only worked more so in season one because it was about trying to get Emma to believe everything. And the only way we can get Emma to believe everything is to interact with all these story characters in like every episode you know there was a theme it was like cinderella and then it was you know even grumpy had his own story but then once we got to like season two season three we started to focus more on like emma and hook and so it was specific characters so sometimes when we got those filler episodes of um other storybook uh storybook characters we're kind of like well this is weird this doesn't really mix in with the with what's going on because we were more interested in the core characters but now that they're doing this they have the ability to redo a season one but with henry and maybe now they can explore the characters that we didn't get to so this could really work and uh, for everyone who's really excited i hope it continues um but if it's just for one season well do it well but this looks like they can come up with some pretty good stuff and maybe revisit stuff that we thought was gone. I mean, there's a lot of stuff mm-hmm. we can still do. So I mean, I'm that it's really good stuff. Me personally, I'm I'm mixed feelings. I think it's because of the Henry that they had to recast him as an older actor, which is fine. Uh, but I was like, man, that kind of sucks for the for Henry's actor. I thought, um, I wish he was a little bit older so he could continue, but. Uh, he, the, the guy that came out, you know, he popped his head out of the, the door. He looked, he looked really handsome. So um, we want to know who Henry's baby mama is. I'm, uh, I'm down for that. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, yeah, and how did he end up on the Enchanted Forest? Mm-hmm. Like, it looks like the happy ending was in Storybrooke. So how did he get there and have a family there? Uh, did everyone move over there? And she said, you know, your family needs you. Well, what does she mean by that? Does he mean? Does she just mean the baby mama or Emma too? And Snowing and Regina, like what? Lots of questions, and they did a good job. All right, so we've come to that point in the episode where it's time to uh, pick the MVP, the most valuable player, the character that impressed you the most, and why. The rule is simple: if someone chooses a character, you must pick a different. One, so MVP for the final battle, part two. Katie. Yes. Okay. Oh. So I'm gonna, I'm just gonna do it. I'm choosing Emma. Oh. Oh my gosh! Shocker. <laughs> so possibly for the last time ever, I am choosing Emma Swan as my MVP, just because, like I said, I love the final battle specifically and the way that she was saying everything like I'm the savior. I bring hope. This is what I'm supposed to do. And just all of that, the final battle sold me and 
reminded me why I love her character so much. So Emma Swan gets my MVP. I like it. Because I'm feeling nice, I will go last. So, Brittany, MVP. Oh my god, I hope I don't choose here. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I had somebody in mind, but honestly, my heart is going to Henry again. I gotta give it to him. He set up the first half of the ep- uh, part one, and then in part two, even when it looked like all hope was lost, he still found a way to try and stall and try and save the day and in a way he kind of did you know emma fought but henry brought her back and i mean it started with him and it kind of ends with him you know it's him and his believing and if it wasn't for him believing we the audience wouldn't have believed it doesn't matter that we knew we were watching a show about story uh storybook characters if henry didn't believe we wouldn't have and if henry didn't believe then emma wouldn't have either so henry takes my mvp I like that. And uh, my MVP, I have to go with my girl. I'm sorry, but Regina. Regina mm-hmm. was my MVP for the episode. I th- And you know what? I'd probably even give it a little bit more so towards the Evil Queen. Uh, I know she's a separate character, but she's Regina Jason because she was part of Regina. I'm sure the Outlaw Queen people out there are really happy that uh, at least some version of Robin and... Uh, Regina got together, so kudos to them for that. But overall, just Regina, I thought her pep talk with Emma was really good. I thought um, that scene with the dwarves was really powerful. The scene at the end with everybody else was just fan- It was fantastic to see Regina happy with her family. And even though she might, at least up until this point, not have gotten a uh, significant other... I'm glad that she has happiness in her life, and I'm glad that she has a strong family support system with her. So, my MVP is Regina. So now it's time to rate the episode on a scale of 1 to 10 apples. The pointism is allowed, and if you deem an episode worth more than 10, you may give it the coveted golden apple, and I'll go in reverse order, so that means I go first, and golden apple, hands down. I thought the finale was fantastic, really strong episode, the strongest episode of the season. I agree with Brittany, if it did not have those three scenes that sort of teased the season seven, this could have been a, well, I don't want to say the perfect finale, but it would have been a very good finale. I think the perfect finale would have given a little bit more closure to some of the other our sort of like favorite characters that we've seen throughout the series' run. But for what we got, I really liked it. I thought it was a really strong episode and uh, it was a happy ending yet a happy beginning. And I enjoyed it. What about you, uh, Brittany? I have to agree with you. I think uh, well, not. I think I'm giving this a golden apple. It was the ending I think we all could have asked for to an extent. Like, yeah, I would have liked some cameos, but knowing that there's more to tell, that maybe those cameos will come out and they'll get closure in the next season. So that's fine with me. But my priority was Captain Swan happy ending, was Charming's happy ending, was Regina happy ending, you know? Like, I wanted them to have it, and you know what? We got it. We got the closing shot of them all eating and everything, and I didn't... 
I was afraid for Captain Swan and what was going to happen because of the rumors. And But we get that, that fast forward of Henry being much older and having a purpose to do something, which we'll find out, you know, when it when we get the season. But that just means that everyone's been happy until this point. So that means we have a lot of happy years to, to live with. And that's all I wanted for my favorite characters. So Golden Apple, because this was an awesome ending to a really great series for or a really great ending chapter for our favorite characters. All right now, and Katie, what about you? What's in your bassinet? <laughs> well, there are lots of golden apples in my bassinet. Um, I'm definitely giving this a golden apple. It was just for all the reasons you guys said. It was a perfect bookend to this first book in a series. Um, that's how I kind of consider this. It was the closing of one book and it led into the opening of the other one with season seven. So it was a perfect way to end it, to come full circle with all of our characters and um, how they've grown and what they've come to become. So it was just the perfect way to end it, and I couldn't be happier. So golden apple from me. All right now. So a programming note for the listeners. I'm sure you're probably wondering why aren't we grading the season, because we're going to save that for our special post-mortem that we will be releasing next week. So next week, you're going to get a full breakdown of the season, our opinions of the season as a whole, a little bit more theories on where the series will be going, and we're also going to be doing the grading of the season. We're going to give it a letter grade, A, B, C, D, F, uh, plus minuses included, and that whole thing. So we're going to have a couple of special podcasts uh, postseason, including the postmortem and uh, a special that we're titling Farewell to Storybrooke as well, because it seems as if we will be leaving Storybrooke as our main home in the new season. And also, another programming note, we will be releasing later on this week a special spoiler edition of the podcast that's going to go into all of the post-mortem interviews that have been released uh, since the um, finale aired. So uh, stay tuned for that. But right now, it's time to go a little spoilery, Katie. Yes, it is. It's time to get a little spoilery. Let's dive into some spoilers for upcoming episodes of Once Upon a Time. This is an official spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. As always, you can check out our our official Facebook-like page by visiting facebook.com forward slash storybrookweeklymirror. And you can visit my site at storybrookemirror.tumblr.com. Yes, or our facial Facebook page. Our facial, yeah. That's very true. Did I did I honestly say you corrected yourself? It was funny. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah, definitely visit our facial. It's great. Please do. Yes. Um but uh we're gonna go over the ratings. The ratings remain steady from the first part. We remain steady with an 0.9 in the demographics, but we did go down slightly in the millions of viewers to about 2.91 million viewers. So I would say that's definitely not bad. I believe it's pulled in the best numbers since November for this season. So that's a good thing. 
perfect. It's nice to end on a high note. So join us next time for a brand new installment of Storybook Weekly Mirror. Once again, here is our announcer to remind you on how you can interact with us. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through iTunes. Just search for Storybrooke Weekly Mirror and subscribe. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Mirror. Follow us on Tumblr, storybrookweeklymirror.tumblr.com. Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, and YouTube, at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Help support Poppy Chula Radio financially by visiting gofundme.com slash poppychularadio. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Thanks, announcer. Co-hosts, please wish the listeners a good night. Good night, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Download new episodes of Storybrooke Weekly Mirror every Tuesday via iTunes and the Poppy Chula Radio Archives. Good night. Mm-hmm.